Brandon Clark, the man who pleaded guilty to killing teen Bianca Devins, appearing in Oneida County Court this morning. Originally, he was scheduled to be sentenced, but instead he asked Judge Michael Dwyer to be allowed to withdraw his guilty plea. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome. My name is Harmony and I'm your host here on What the Actual F. Now today I've got a crazy case. Uh, this guy that admitted to killing who we are talking about today, Bianca Devins. She was a unknown Instagram girl, like just a 17 year old from Utica, New York. Just now she's very well known since her passing, but or I don't want to say passing, her brutal death by the hands of Brandon, but he is trying to say that he is not guilty. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, well, Harmony, I, 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 okay, he's saying he's not guilty. What is, like, what happened? What, why are we here? What brings us to your podcast to hear about this? And that brings me to the case of Bianca Devins. Bianca Michelle Devins was stabbed to death brutally on July 14th, 2019 by Brandon Andrew Clark after attending a Nicole Dollinger concert. But what would make him do this? It's believed that at the concert, Bianca kissed another guy, which upset him, and I guess drove him to want to brutally kill her. But that's not all he did. The reason why I didn't say that he allegedly did this is he took photos, posted a photo of her dead body to the internet where it was shared all over and he also called 911 and her family telling them that he killed Bianca. He then also tried to take his own life which he failed at and the next day was charged with second degree murder. Now forgive me if I'm wrong because I don't know in all of my 34 years of life we're not going to talk about the age I just said we're just going to skip right past that. I'm pretty sure if you admit that you did something, if the proof came from you, I, I don't know, like, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and think that I, you did it. But I've been wrong before. So Bianca and Brandon, they were friends before this night in, in question. At times, though, Brandon's described um, as being a little creepy, you know, just like he wants more from their friendship. And also he would tell people that he was her boyfriend. That's a big, that's a big red flag. I don't, I don't know. Like, again, if you're not someone's other half or like partner in any form, why the fuck are you running around saying, Hey, yeah, you know, Bianca, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I know. It's great. Don't ask her. Don't know. What are you doing? Oh, you have her number. God. I don't even have that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. You just don't do it. It's, it's real creepy. Now there are conflicting reports of the nature of their friendship. Some people say that he's a close family friend and that's it. And then others feared that he was actually like maybe exploiting her. Cause as I stated, he was described on social media as like this lonely stalker obsessed with Bianca. So definitely like a, a real creepy guy. He did plead guilty to the murder on February 10th, 2020, and is facing 25 years to life in prison. It's believed that Bianca and Brandon met on Instagram in April of 2019 and then kept communicating through that platform. They then later met in person with Brandon attending her high school graduation party. 
During this time, they were on friendly terms, but Bianca was aware that Brandon wanted more than just a friendship. At times, he would refer to himself as her boyfriend, and she would dispute this constantly. Now, some people really have stated that he was a close and trusted family friend, and apparently Kim Devins, Bianca's mom, and Bianca, they would talk about this relationship between her and Brandon often. But police describe the relationship as personally intimate, which kind of comes off as romantic. However, there are others that state they were never romantically involved. It's just kind of murky there because of the fact that social media has tainted this case a bit. So that's just where we stand on that. I just wanted you guys to know the the way Bianca definitely stated there wasn't anything. And then Brandon said there was. So it's just, it's, yeah. To me, it seems that he definitely was obsessed with her. But that is just my opinion, and let's move along. Investigations into Clark's internet history suggested the possibility that he was obsessed with Bianca. Hmm, wonder who said that. He searched her name and would frequently check on all of her social media platforms and save photos of her. You know, just, isn't that like a normal Tuesday? Oh wait, sorry, that's, that's Pinterest. They just like go there and sit and save photos. Woo, I need a life. But he didn't just like save photos of her either. He would send her messages over and over and over again. Now, there isn't evidence that before this incident, Brandon had ever physically hurt Bianca, but there was fear that he could end up becoming violent. I don't think that I mentioned it, but Brandon is also 21 and Bianca is 17. So this is a grown ass man obsessed with a still minor just saying she's not 18 and uh yeah the, the guy should be out worrying about when his car insurance payment is due not what a girl who's probably wondering if she's going to pass the sats is doing a claim suggested by one of bianca's friends is that brandon may have taken advantage of bianca sexually while they were high on drugs which is kind of backed by the fact that Brandon would actually give her drugs in hopes that she would spend more time with him. Now before I tell you more about the case and what happened that night, let's talk more about Brandon and Bianca themselves. Brandon grew up in an unstable household where his father repeatedly abused his mother. When Brandon was just 10 years old, his father held his mother at knife point for several hours leading to Brandon being placed into a state foster care. When Kim Devins, Bianca's mother, met him, she described him as, quote, charming and, quote, polite. A friend of his from childhood describes him as obsessive and noting his fixations with Pokemon and Lollicon. Now, I know that I had said that, you know, she's 17 and she was probably worried about uh, passing the SATs, but no, Bianca had actually, like, she graduated. She had just graduated high school that February before her untimely death, and at the time of her death, she was enrolled in Mohawk Valley Community College in Utica to study psychology. Like many of us, Bianca struggled with mental illness in the form of depression, anxiety, borderline personality disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Bianca would isolate herself as a result of her mental illness, and this led her to seeking refuge in online communities as a result of this. But I feel like a lot of us can relate to that before I move forward, just finding comfort in, you know, staying away from reality and the world right now, and sometimes just seeing it through a screen because it's a lot, it's kind of heavy. And if you don't feel that way, then props to you. You are a very strong person. Okay. Um, so she found these like comfort places online and on places like Discord and 4chan. I know I've been talking about Bianca's mother more than I've even said anything about her father, but that's because her father is described as being emotionally abusive by her mother. And from 2015 onward, he didn't really have any contact with his daughter. So needless to say, their relationship was a bit strained. Bianca's friends often would express concern about her mental state, and Bianca even once confided in a mental health counselor that she had fantasized about injuring herself by jumping off of a roof. Also would like to note that the Post Standard, a Syracuse newspaper, according to them, Devon's Bianca, she had been dealing with online harassment by, quote, incels for at least two years. For those of you who are not aware of what an incel is, I will go ahead and tell you. It is, quote unquote, an involuntary solibate. They are members of an online subculture who define themselves as unable to find a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one. Fast forward to July 13th, 2019. Bianca and Brandon are traveling to New York City for the night to see a performance by Nicole Dollinger. They meet with another guy named Alex, and they decide to smoke some weed in Brandon's car. Then later at the show, Brandon sees Bianca kiss Alex, which apparently is because she knew that this would anger Brandon. Well, after the show, Bianca actually falls asleep in the back of Brandon's car. Instead of just driving her home and maybe having a polite conversation the next day, letting her know that, hey, you know, that was kind of a, a dick move. If you know that was going to upset me, if this isn't going to ever be anything, can you just let me know? Which I feel like she had, but, you know, I'm just stating. Instead of him doing that, Brandon woke her up and asked her about, hey, like, what, what the fuck? Like, why, why'd you kiss that guy? To which Bianca apologized and she said, you know, hey, I'm sorry, but you and I are not in anything monogamous. Of course, this is not what Brandon wanted to hear. Brandon then allegedly began assaulting her over and over and eventually he repeatedly sliced her neck with a long knife hidden in his seat, killing her and then leaving her deserted. He deserted her in a wooded dead-end road, allegedly leaving her body in the car and then built a bonfire. You know, nothing like a nice hot fire on those cold July nights. After Bianca's death, Brandon called numerous family members in a manner kind of like, a, like he was saying goodbye, like he was going to take his own life, even telling his family that they needed to call 911. He then proceeded to take photos of Bianca's bloodied and dead body, to which he then posted them to a server on Discord. The pictures were accompanied by a caption that said, Sorry fuckers, you're going to have to find somebody else to orbit. Yeah, so again, this is a guy who's stating he's not guilty, but 
I mean, I think he is, but again, just my opinion. By 7.20 a.m., police who had been made aware of the murder by users on Discord. That's right. That's how they found out. See, they had received numerous calls, including one from Clark himself. Now, by this time, they had made contact with Bianca's family. And Clark, he was reportedly, at this time, also telling a dispatcher that he, quote unquote, I killed my girlfriend. So then, police, they arrive to Bianca and Brandon's location on Post Street in Utica. He then, Brandon, stabs himself in the neck, all while still posting more photos online. I mean, I guess he wanted to go out with a blaze. So we know that his attempted suicide was unsuccessful. It's also claimed that immediately following his suicide attempt, he reportedly laid across a green tarp, which was concealing Bianca's body. Brandon had sliced Bianca's throat so many times that when police found her body, she had been nearly decapitated. Brandon also reportedly spray-painted a suicide note and a message that was found nearby, reading, May you never forget me. Police identified the body as Bianca's, and the next day, Brandon was charged with second-degree murder. Now, according to authorities, there is ample evidence that the murder was premeditated. Brandon had a bunch of knives and rope and multiple tools that were found at the scene of her murder. An investigator of the case, Peter Palladino, believes that Brandon committed the murder to differentiate himself from the other quote-unquote beta orbiters. Peter Palladino also believes that the attack was absolutely premeditated. The local DA also stated that Clark has told different people in his life different reasons why he did what he did. That was a direct quote. And that's it. That's the Bianca Devins murder case. A case with so much evidence that Brandon absolutely 100% photograph evidence uh, killed Bianca. Yet, the man who took the photograph and posted the words um, himself, well, according to him, it's not true. No, he's... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what Discord is. Yeah. So I think I'm going to believe the evidence and just say that he is guilty. But you can make your own decision. I am not here to tell you that you are wrong. Opinions are opinions and everybody has one just like assholes. All right. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and I will talk to you on the next episode. If you do want to contribute to the episodes on this podcast, you can send me an email at whattheactualeffharmony at gmail.com and send me your mysteries, maybe something paranormal, a conspiracy theory that you know of, anything that you want me to kind of dig into and like, I don't know, root around, go into the rabbit hole and then come out and tell you my findings and then you can stay safe wherever you are listening to my voice recount the story of what you asked me to look into. Sorry. Okay. I hope you guys have a great day and I will talk to you on the next podcast. Love you. Goodbye.